Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's up, night fans? Welcome to another summer session here on the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. My name is Jeff Sharon, joined by my friend Eric Lopez. He is back, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, Elo? I am doing well. It's the off season. We're another day closer to the start of the football season. Off season? What off season? Still... <laughs> That's true. I mean, it is actually. There's stuff going on, isn't there? And yeah, uh, still got UCF guys making headlines. So we're exactly right. And that is the perfect segue to what we're talking about today. We're going to take a trip into the NBA. Uh, You may recall in an earlier summer session, we had Jermaine Taylor on. Jermaine talked about his uh, uh, quest to get back to the NBA level Um, this year after he came back from the knee injury last year. I thought, you know, proved himself quite well. And uh, we're in the midst of the Summer League free agency. And one guy who's making some headlines is Matt Williams. Uh, of course, you know, we know him from setting the, uh, the uh, UCF um, three-point record with 38 points, 11 threes in that game against uh, USF this year. Came back from, you know, initially he was going to transfer away. Had a marvelous senior year for UCF. Um, and uh, really flashed the three-point range. So... Uh, we've got an interview with him from uh, when he was down in Orlando for the Orlando Summer League, right before he hopped on a plane out to Vegas for the Vegas Summer League, where he's currently lighting it up. And then a little bit later, we'll talk with um, a local guy who uh, we know, Cody Taylor. Cody uh, writes for uh, Basketball Insiders. He uh, covers Miami and Orlando, and we're going to ask him about Jermaine. We're going to ask him about Matt. We're going to ask, and we're going to ask him about um, the future NBA prospects as well uh, for UCF. Particularly, want to ask him about Taco Fall, uh, who almost went to the NBA this year, and uh, BJ Taylor's chances of going to the NBA as well. So, a lot on our plate. But first, let's start with uh, Matt Williams, who, by the way. Uh, but hit three, hit five threes in his last summer league game with the Miami Heat in Orlando. Then the then the Heat summer league team hops on a plane. They go out to the Vegas summer league. He's played in all three games. He's averaging twenty one minutes so far out in Vegas. Ten point three points a game. Uh, he is hitting. Uh, he's eleven of twenty seven from the field. He's also averaging two point three rebounds. Um, and he's hitting again. I mean, he's doing exactly what we thought he would do. He's hitting a ton of threes. And um, and you, Eric Lopez, caught up with him right before um, he's right as he was recovering, I believe, from an injury. Is that right? Yeah, he had. A, remember, he missed the beginning of the summer league in Orlando. He had a, an ankle injury, and so uh, you know there was questions. He didn't play until towards the second half of that summer league in Orlando. And uh, but I it gave me an opportunity, a chance to catch up with him a little bit and, and talk to him about the journey. You know, he's beginning this journey. What has this process been like? We talked about. 
you know, even prior to the draft and what did he hear from teams and, and how did that process go? And then what kind of advice did he get from his old coach, Johnny Dawkins, Matt Williams on his career and his future as he begins the journey to an NBA career, he hopes. Well, Pat, I know you're in the middle of the process here in the NBA Summer League. Have you uh, been reached out by other UCF players that have gone through this process and, and any advice you've got? I mean, I've I talked to a lot of former players. Um, they all have been telling me the same thing. You know, just make sure I go through you know, the process the right way. Make sure I stay mentally locked in. Just make sure I stay focused. And uh, even though, you know, um, I can't play right now, just due to you know, a little injury that I'm going through, you know, he's just telling me, you know, make sure I stay locked in, make sure I, you know, keep a good running with guys. Just make sure uh, I, you know, go through the mental, the mental part of it now. Tell me about this process you've gone through. You've met with teams prior to the draft, and now you end up with Miami here in the summer league. And what, what, how has this journey been for you? I know it's been very good. You know, um, I got to see a lot of different organizations. You know, I got to see how the NBA is really ran. Um, I got to really realize, you know, that this is, this is once you make it to the NBA, that you know it's all business. You know, you have to make sure that you it's like you, you you're hired for a job. So every day you have to be on your your thing. Um, every day you have to make sure that you're just ready to compete. I know the injury is kind of frustrating. You're eager to get on the court. How have you kind of stayed kind of disciplined to, like, not get frustrated right now? Well, you know, I just, you know, uh, being strong mentally, you know, um, I always make sure that um, I make sure um, I keep a good group, good group of people around me. Um, I make sure that I um, Excuse me. I make sure I got to keep a good program. I make sure that I stay focused. You know, I make sure that I continue to write down notes. You know, practice on the different plays going on, and I just make sure I continue to stay mentally locked in. Take me through the rest of the summer. Obviously, we'll do summer league here in Orlando. Then what? Uh, what, yeah. what kind of take us through the what's next for you there? Okay, um, I do summer here, summer league here in Orlando, and then after this, I'll go to Vegas for the Vegas summer league. <laughs> Have you been to Vegas before? Uh, no, sir. Oh, you looking forward to that trip? Yes, sir, looking forward, man. What's, uh, what's it been like hanging out with some of these guys, uh, some of the rookies, and then some of the NBA people around it? Has it been, what, how would you describe it? Um, it's just been like a lot of learning, you know, a lot of observing, a lot of learning. Um, just learning, you know, what to say, you know, so how to talk to people, you know, how to conduct yourself, you know, things you shouldn't say, things you shouldn't say, and just making sure that, um, that I learn as much as I can. What did Coach Dawkins, does he give you advice? Uh, he play, he's really no people in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, he coach, I told him I was going through a little ankle injury. You know, Coach told me, you know, just take, make sure you um, you get on the court, you have to be healthy. This, this is a different level of play. You know, you have to make sure you're on the court, you have to make sure you're healthy. The guys are good, guys are, everybody's pros, you know, so you can't come on the court half stepping. And you know, I just told him to stay mental out there. Just when I get back, do what I do. A lot of UCF fans obviously following your next steps and rooting you on. That's got to mean a lot to you. Yeah, it means a lot, you know. Um, <laughs> The love I've been getting from them, you know, on Twitter, just when I see them around, you know, it's been, it's been very helpful and beneficial, you know. That gives me a lot of confidence and, you know, my abilities, and I appreciate them for that. There you have it, Matt Williams. And Jeff, you know, look, I mean, it, who knows what's going to happen. Certainly he's played well in the summer league. He can shoot, and shooting is obviously always a priority in the NBA, but it is now with the way the game is going, which is outside the perimeter and away from the paint. You know, I think hopefully he shows enough that, he can latch onto a roster and then have his opportunities in the preseason and, and things like that. But uh, it'll be an interesting journey. And as we learn with Jermaine Taylor, you know, he may, even if Matt doesn't, you know, la- you know, get with the NBA at first, maybe he starts off in the new, you know, the, what was formerly the D league and now the G league and works himself up that way, which other, some other NBA players have done that. So uh, just kind of good to see him finishing very well here in the summer league. And we'll see what kind of happens with him. You know, I, I, I think that he 
is coming to the NBA at the perfect time for his game, right? Everyone around the league is looking for these 3 and D guys. You know, somebody who can come off the bench, hit, hit threes. We know how good his range is. He is not afraid to shoot. Quick release, deadly accurate from deep. And, uh, and he has the size as well, I think, to compete. And he's actually turned himself, I think, into a very underrated defender. Um, I think that's, that was one of the concerns heading in there for him. But, you know, he, if he can't defend, he doesn't even get a shot. He's getting right. the shot. So um, what do you think, uh, you know, are some of the things that, that he's going to have to improve on as we move forward here and the summer leagues come to an end? Well, I think you're right. I mean, you started with defensive end. He's going to have to learn to defend. I mean, one of the things, you know, we talked to Jermaine. One of the things I think that hurt him was the perception that he couldn't defend. So can he defend so he could stay on the court? Can he be versatile? I think will be some interesting questions that people will have of Matt. Um, but again, with the way he could shoot, I, I think you got to believe he'll find uh, – he'll he'll make a career in basketball, whether it be NBA or the G League, whatever. Internationally, he could play internationally. Right. Yeah, I, but I, yeah, exactly. So I, I don't think there's, I think he'll make a living in basketball. It's just, you know, does he have the footwork? Does he have the, the, the agile, you know, the ability to move around on the court? Because he, uh, that remains to be seen. But certainly, um, you know, he's getting the right information. And I, and I thought, uh, the advices he's getting is good. And what I took away, you know, you have heard the interview, you heard John, him talk about Johnny Dawkins and kind of like what a calm influence Johnny Dawkins is. And we've said that during the college basketball season, but even, you know, and you've mentioned it many times with his connections with the NBA, he played in the NBA and, and I've seen it where NBA players now, you, you know, use, they use the UCF court, you know, the practice. I mean, I know I, uh, when I was doing a women's basketball game for the American digital network during the year, I, I you know, Dwayne Wade worked out, on the day where the Bulls were playing at the Magic, he worked out at the uh, the UC, you know CFE Arena and things. And Dawkins seems to have there's some, some cachet there that uh, I feel like it gives his players confidence. You know, no matter what the next you know whether it be NBA or whatever league, that they'll be fine. That's the thing that's gotten me really excited about um, Johnny Dawkins is the long term impact that he's having on the program in terms of developing players that are NBA talent. And that's a tremendous selling point for recruiting in the future. If UCF is able to produce players that are going to the league, all right, just like UConn has, and of course we know how good UConn has been in the past, but, um, but if you can consistently get an NBA, you know, an NBA player, an NBA shot or two every single year, um, that's going to bode extremely well for UCF's uh, recruiting as well. So, um, yeah, like I said, that's going to be that's going to be a fun thing to see going forward uh, here in the next uh, couple years with Johnny Dawkins. So best of luck to Matt Williams. And speaking of Matt and UCF NBA prospects, let's move over to uh, our next interview, actually, in this. So we're going to talk with Cody Taylor and joining us now, fresh back from Las Vegas, where no doubt he is experiencing jet lag. The an NBA writer for Basketball Insiders uh, cover uh, based in Orlando, covering um both the heat and the magic uh a guy who knows who knows certainly more than anyone else that i know about uh about basketball and the nexus of the nba in college particularly as it pertains to central florida and a good friend of eric and mine cody taylor joins us now cody what's up 
Hey, not too much, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you for uh, spending some time with us. Yeah, we just had uh, Matt Williams, uh, an interview Eric did with him last week as he was coming back from that ankle injury. And, boy, he looks like that ankle injury's healed up quite well because uh, you got to look at Matt out in Vegas. He really heated up in his last couple games here in Orlando before the Miami Heat's uh, NBA Summer League team headed out west. What did you see from Matt Williams, and what are their reviews? you think he's going to get a spot? You know, I, I think, worst case, I think he gets uh, an invitation to training camp. I think that's the most likely thing that'll happen. Um, but I mean, when you, when you talk about shooters in this draft, I mean, obviously he's not up there with the Lowry Markinens and the Luke Kennards, but I mean, you know, UCF fans would be the first to tell you he's probably among the best, uh, three point shooters in, in this draft class. And I even had Tristan Spurlock, a former UCF alumni tell me that he was, he had, was the best shooter to come out of UCF. So, I mean, we know he can shoot and, you know, I had a chance to talk to him as well when the Miami Heat were in Orlando for the Summer League. And, you know, he's, he's just trying to show the Miami Heat that he can do more than that. Um, and, and certainly we saw that he can get hot at any time uh, at UCF. And then, of course, with the Heat here in, in Orlando and then in, in Las Vegas. So, um, you know, for, for him to, to kind of come out and he's starting games now, I thought that was, was, was pretty good for him to kind of, you know, get his confidence up. The coaching staff has, has, has talked very much, very highly of him here in the past so you got to think that he kind of keeps his head down and, and keeps working and grinding that he'll get a chance and by all accounts you know matt williams is the guy that will do that yeah he seems like the perfect three and d guy and i mean we know about the three part it's the d part that people yeah. worried about and if you're going to play for you know pat riley and eric spolstra you need to play defense how much of it did, did you see an improvement from him on the defensive end that uh that that boded well for him this this summer I saw some things that, that gave me encouragement um, that, that he can potentially be that guy. And, I mean, it, it might take a good part of this next upcoming season in the D-League to kind of get his speed up and get his positioning down a little bit better. Uh, we always hear guys talk about how the game of the, you know, the, the game speed of the NBA is so much different than that of, of, of college. So I would imagine that between his experience there, in the summer league, and then if he should get the invite to training camp or uh, in the D league next year, that he'll, he'll start to get those things down. Um, I wouldn't expect to see him on, you know, make the Miami Heat roster per se for second half of next year or even for beyond that. I still think that he's in the early, you know, development stages. But certainly, when you talk to him, he's a great kid. Um, you know, very everyone speaks very highly of him. And you got to think that he's going to be spending, uh, you know, the, this, after the summer league, that part of the summer, working out, getting better, improving his, his speed, and just doing those kind of things that, to get him in a better position. What's going to be the key for him to be successful at the next level? And, and if he gets to the next level, stay there. I think it's opportunity. I mean, when you look at some of these guys that, that have kind of flaked out a little bit or have gotten second chances with teams, uh, it, it's all about opportunity and, and, and where they are. And certainly we've seen the Miami Heat. And I thought that him going to the Miami Heat was, was a blessing for him because we've seen my, the Miami Heat are among the best teams at developing talent. I mean, look, look up and down the roster right now. Um, they've had guys, most of their guys have, have been in the, in the D League at some point or another. We know Hassan Whiteside's story. He bounced around the league. He was overseas 
We know uh, Tyler Johnson's story. Uh, he went undrafted. And, and just go up and down the list there. All these guys that have been in the D-League at one point or another. And in my opinion, I think the Miami Heat development staff and everything that goes into that is among the best in the league. And when you look at all their players, it, it certainly speaks volumes for what they can do. So when I first saw that, that Matt Williams was going to be with the Heat, I, I thought that was great for him. Um, obviously, we know this is a team that is bringing back a lot of veterans, uh, Deion Waiters and, and some of those other guys. But for him, it's going to be a great opportunity for him to, to learn there with the Sioux Falls Sky Force in the D-League. Should he get that opportunity? Um, and, and certainly, I think that if he does get that opportunity, that he can be he could flourish within that system. You know, one of the other guys we spoke to uh, in a previous episode here on our summer sessions uh, on the podcast was Jermaine Taylor. And uh, Jermaine, you know, kind of batted around the, uh, the, the well, what was the D-League, now the G-League. Um, he was in Maine, and then he was, uh, and then he was, uh, he landed in uh, Salt Lake City with Utah's franchise yep. last year, this past season rather, coming back from the uh, the knee injury that he suffered, and he looked pretty good. He averaged double figures. He had a, he averaged fourteen points a game. Um, looked pretty athletic, especially you know you know now he's in his thirties. We had him on, and you know he's still. <laughs> fighting for that job. What do you think are the chances that Jermaine is going to latch on with someone uh, now? Because you know, one of the things that you know, we were all talking about was that, you know, like Charles Barkley said, father time is undefeated. So uh, you know, what are the chances that Jermaine might latch on here this offseason with free agency kind of winding down? Yeah. Um, for, for Jermaine, and I, and I love him, um, I'm not quite sure where his chances are or, or, you know, or how great of chances they are um, to get in uh, because we know that a big part of his game was that athleticism. And we know that's among the first things to go as you kind of get older and age a little bit. So, I mean, he still showed flashes uh, in the D league of, of having that athleticism that, that we saw at UCF and, and that we saw during his early years there uh, in the league and, and so forth. But, um, you know, I, I think that he could be, uh, you know, when you look at some of these teams, the, the Houston Rockets, the Cleveland Cavaliers, some of these teams that are well over the salary cap and, and are limited in, in what kind of players they can bring in, how much they can pay players. Some of these teams are going to be looking at some of the, these cheaper guys, these minimum guys that they can kind of bring to, to fill out the roster. So I think in that regard, I think that would be, uh, you know, his best chances of, of doing that. And coming in to, and making a team, the Boston Celtics are another team that that kind of that, that fits that criteria, if you will. So, um, you know, should some of the talent start running out, or start, should some of these guys start bolting overseas for those lucrative deals? You know, Jermaine Taylor could be there and could be a, a cheap option for a team. You've any any chance that uh, I know a lot of a lot of Orlando fans want to, you know, would want me to ask this? Any chance that the Magic might take a shot on him? Um, to be honest, I, I don't see that happening. I know that Jermaine wanted that to happen for a while. And of course these, uh, local magic fans, um, I, I don't think that would be an option. Um, uh, because I mean, when you look at where the magic are, I mean, they just brought in Shelvin Mack, not necessarily a, a young player by any means, but, um, I, I think with the new, new regime there, the new front office, they're really trying to start, start over and just kind of see what they have on this roster, because obviously it's, it's an inherited roster. Um, and so they're trying to see what they have and, and maybe could be an option to fill out their D-League team uh, or G-League now, sorry. 
Um, that's going to be a while to, to kind of, yeah, break that's that not going to be um, easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, to fill out their G league team, uh, you know, that, that their summer league team that they had was just a, kind of a bunch of guys thrown together there. They didn't have a lot of time to kind of, to, to fill out that roster the way they may have wanted it to. So, um, could be an option for them. Uh, you never know. Uh, so we'll see about that. Well, by the way, Cody, you can include Jeff as far as people that have been pushing for Jermaine to go to the Magic for a while. I got. I already have my custom jersey printed out. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to ask you about Johnny Dawkins because obviously you cover the NBA, but you've also covered some of the college basketball and covered UCF specifically as well. You've seen Johnny Dockett's up close in his first year. He has a background, obviously, played in the NBA. And I've run into, at times, going to the CFE arena on shoot-arounds where NBA players are using the yep. CFE arena to work out. I remember I was doing a, preparing for a women's basketball broadcast, and Dwayne Wade was hanging out with his trainer. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, and things like that. And I've heard that that's made an impact as far as Johnny Dawkins and his connections. How big of a factor... Is Johnny Dawkins going to be able to help UCF players, maybe not only you know, Matt Williams or future players in the NBA? And what kind of feedback have you heard? You know, does, does, is that a factor? I think so. I mean, when you look at UCF over the years, I mean, they've been a doormat in, in the American or even Conference USA. And, you know, that's not a knock on, on Donnie Jones or anyone else, but. I mean, they, it, it is what it is. But when you add in uh, Johnny Dawkins there, uh, you know, obviously we know what he did at Duke and one of the most regarded players when he did play in the league and, and you know, had injuries not happen, he could have been, you know, who knows what he could have been. So I think that goes a long way with some of these players. And for a team that's really trying to build that culture and, and turn things around, we saw what they did last year to, to make it to the NIT deep into the NIT. I think that speaks volumes for, for what he's doing and, and changing that culture. And of course, I think future players and, and future recruits are going to see that too. Like, Hey, this is Johnny Dawkins. You know, he, he's as accomplished as any college coaches in, in, uh, uh, you know, college regarding pertaining to his, his playing career. And, you know, I've, I'm around a lot of college players now. I kind of see and, and hear some of the things that are appealing to them. And that's absolutely, um, a selling point to them, the coaching staff, what kind of culture that they're creating. Do they, you know, are they going to be on the map? Are they going to be on primetime games, this and that? So we know UCF checks all of those boxes. So I love the, the Johnny Dawkins hire. And obviously after one year, I know a lot of UCF fans do as well. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens to them this next season when, ex when there's actually expectations for a change. Speaking of expectations and some of those young players, Taco Fall flirted with the NBA earlier this year, um, decided at the seemingly the very last moment to come back to UCF for his junior season. Um, there was there were some grumblings that if he did go, probably wouldn't have been a lottery pick. Um, what is the NBA's look at Taco Fall now? Because that's... That's kind of a risk when you go back, right? I mean, there's a potential that your stock could fall. We've seen that happen with a few guys uh, in the past. Right. Do you think that? Uh, do you think that that was a wise decision for Taco? And what are the NBA people saying about him? I think so. And and talking to some people, I think everyone was was sort of, uh, you know, had that same message to to go back. I mean, he only worked out with, I believe it was five teams, four or five teams. I think one may have dropped off there at the end, but. He didn't work out with that many teams. So I think that 
for most of these underclassmen we're seeing, it, it, it makes sense to, to throw your name in, get your name out there, get some recognition, maybe get a little hype going into that next season in college to, to kind of put yourself on the map so that the following year when maybe you're actually ready to, to come out, that people know who you are uh, and you've already kind of been through the process. I've talked to some players that have been through the process that have come back and the second time around they know what to expect, they know what teams want to see, they've gotten feedback from teams on what they should work on throughout the course of the year. So I absolutely agreed with, with Taco's decisions to come back and I think most UCF fans obviously want him to come back, defensive player of the year in the conference, and you know help help bolster that UCF defense, which was among the best in the country there. So for him to come back, I thought it was a great decision. Um, but it's, this most likely will be his last season with UCF uh, because if he can continue to grow, and I mean we saw his improvements in his growth from his freshman to sophomore year, which were already you know huge in itself. If he can continue to show that progression there from year two to three then i think the nba will be a legitimate option um lottery pick late first round pick um i think for these guys coming out for it to make sense to come out would need to have you know some sort of uh maybe not a guarantee but a good uh strong feedback that you'll be taking in the first round so next year i think uh we'll be talking about taco and and possibly being drafted there in the first round now, that's interesting, Cody, because, you know, one of the things I've said when I've been on the radio and so forth is, and even on this podcast is, does Taco Fall still fit in the today's NBA? As you know, obviously the game is more small ball in the days of the Warriors, you yeah. know, yep. stretch five. So I'm wondering, one of my, when, when this whole thing came up, I wondered, would Taco even have a role in today's NBA? But yet you're saying that he would still have, if he improves, that the NBA teams will still look at him. How would you uh, kind of see him in today's NBA? I've always kind of thought that him being at his size, that he'll get a look um, based on that. But, I mean, you know, being 7'6", and as tall as he is, and his wingspan, uh, as, as long as it is, as long as it is, teams love uh, having that big guy down low. But as we've seen, guys like Dwight Howard and, and some of these other guys have kind of fallen off a little bit in today's, NBA, like you mentioned, but I still believe that he'll get a look. Um, and, and I think one of the biggest things that were coming into this past season for UCF and Taco Fall was his conditioning because we know he can only stay on the floor for, uh, you know, 18 to 22 minutes, something in there. You know, we saw Dawkins kind of limit his minutes to uh, three to four minutes at, at a time or, or whatever the case was. Um, so I think if he can continue working on that conditioning, and I'm sure that's something that he's heard from each team that he's worked out with, um, then, then he has a, a real chance to kind of see minutes on the floor. But being at his size, I mean, I, I think that that's his best asset and, and to be able to, to block shots and be just be there down in the paint. I mean, we saw, we've seen time and time again last year that even if he wasn't blocking a shot, he was definitely altering it. So it'll be interesting to see kind of where he falls in and, and how much improvement he can see in year three. How about chances of some of the other players on the UCF roster that might have a chance at the next level? Uh, I'm thinking B.J. Taylor, if he has a pretty good season this year as well, might start getting some looks. What do you say? Yeah, I think so. I think we'll, we'll, we'll probably see B.J. Taylor be a guy that kind of tests the waters next year. Uh, you know, I was talking to some UCF people. Um, he, he's, been, he's been mentioned as a guy that they believe can make that next step. And, I mean, when you look at the season which he missed, uh, his redshirt year there, 
UCF was a completely different team, and, and we saw that he, he established himself as the guy that, that has to be on the floor for UCF, you know, for them to have a chance. And, you know, we saw him hit big shot after big shot there late in the season when, when the game was on the line. So, um, you know, I heard someone maybe compare him a little bit to Marcus Smart because he's kind of smaller, he's, he's bulky. Uh, we know he can handle the, handle the ball and, and can probably shoot better than Marcus Smart, let's be honest. Um, so I think for B.J. Taylor, uh, obviously we're all talking, everyone's talking about Taco Fall and, and what he brings, but B.J. Taylor could be a guy that kind of sneaks up onto the radar here, uh, especially if UCF can get off to a good start, uh, get, get some of these big non-conference wins and, and kind of put themselves in, in position there to, to make a run at the tournament. Last word to you, Elo. Well, Cody, I mean, give me your kind of the thoughts now. I mean, as we got to move forward now, for people that are going to follow Matt Williams, what should people look for uh, as far as transactions with Matt Williams? What's a good sign? What's not a good sign for him as we move forward here after Summer League? I would imagine that next couple of weeks after Summer League ends and that wraps up here in the coming days, um, that we'll see and an invite. Uh, a training camp invite extended to him in some form or fashion. Um, you know, teams will will often guarantee some of these guys a small amount of money to come to to come to training camp, and then they'll cut them and have them go through their development system within their you know their D league team. So I honestly do believe that 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 could be an option for Matt Williams. Uh, we know coming into the draft wasn't a lot of hype on him, a lot of talk, uh, not a lot of talk on them, as, you know, on a, on a national radar goes. Obviously, everyone in Orlando, Central Florida knows about them. But um, I would imagine that a, a training camp invite could be extended his way. And then that, from there, it's, that's just the kind of progression that some of these undrafted guys have to show. And, I mean, they got a guy, Tyler Johnson, who went through his same shoes, uh, was there. And, obviously, we know what he signed last year, uh, four years, $50 million. I, I don't know. That's way far in advance to kind of start st- talking about that. But um, for a guy like Matt Williams, just get the training training camp invite and kind of take it from there, and just you know, you know, work your butt off and, and, and practice and make a great impression on coaches. Uh, I think that'll be key for him. Cody Taylor, BasketballInsiders.com. Cody, where can people catch your work? Uh, BasketballInsiders.com, and then I'm on Twitter at Cody Taylor NBA. All right, cool. Thanks, Cody. We'll be catching up with you again down the line. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks. All right, thanks again to Cody Taylor uh, from Basketball Insiders for giving us the lay of the land on UCF, on the nexus of UCF and the NBA. Some encouraging news, uh, certainly, I think, for Matt Williams, so we'll be taking a look and you know, following how that plays out, especially when training camp starts for the Miami Heat later uh, this fall. So, uh, so yeah, what do you think, Eli? I mean, I, I think that we're starting to see that, we're, we're starting to see some momentum in terms of UCF's name among the NBA guys out there. And, uh, and Johnny Dawkins, like, like you hinted at when we talked to Cody, uh, is certainly a part of that, don't you think? Absolutely. I, think, I really do. I think you know, he gives access to NBA players that can use the arena. Uh, you know, he's played in the NBA. He's got relationships in the NBA. Uh, yeah, I mean, and look, winning, winning helps, right? Like, if your team is good, people will notice you more. Now, all of a sudden, they'll notice, why is this team winning? Oh, this guy's pretty good. That's how this stuff works. As Cody brought up, you know, they're going to get more national attention games uh, this upcoming season. So uh, I think that's certainly a factor. And, 
Uh, certainly Johnny Dawkins knows what it takes to be successful in the NBA. I think helps the UCF players, quite honestly. Yeah. I mean, the, the, who has more credibility than Johnny Dawkins when it comes to this? He's been through it all. Um, and you heard that when I talked to Matt Williams about it. So uh, I, I think, no question, I think you're going to see more UCF guys get looks, I think, in the future uh, because of it. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with um, Taco Fall in particular this uh, year because he has the potential to be a really unique weapon. And it's kind of, you know, and he might be an interesting prospect for you know, some of those teams that you know, when everyone is zigging, they decide to zag. When everyone's going small and stepping outside and shooting threes all over the place, some team might go the other direction and say, we're going to load up on bigs. And, we're, and and go where they ain't, in other words. And he might be an interesting place for them to, do, to go to. So that'll do it for our uh, summer sessions here this week here on the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Thanks again to Cody Taylor. Thanks again to Matt Williams. Best of luck to him in this, in this uh, NBA offseason. Elo, what do you got going on this week? Well, actually, I do got a couple of projects that involve UCF that we might have here on our summer session. Uh, I'm scheduled to talk to Linnea Goodman here in the next few days. She just got back from the European Championship that she took part uh, as a member of Team Sweden. And I hope to talk to her about that and what lies ahead for her, as well as maybe reflect on uh, her UCF career. And then uh, you know, the, uh, at the time of this recording, I will be out at the USSA Pride are going to host the Chicago Bandits at the new home at the Space Coast uh, Stadium, July 18th through the 20th, which will mark the, the return of former Knight Shelby Turnier, former All-American, her second year with the Bandits, won a championship last year, playing this uh, in her second season. This is the one only trip that she will uh, be in Florida for as far as playing. So I'm hoping to obviously see her pitch and then maybe catch up with her as well. So keep it on. Uh, I'll keep you posted on Eric Lopez Elo. Uh, some of this stuff will be on fastpitchnews.com, which, which I uh, host a softball podcast in there in the circle, which some of this stuff will be in that. But some of that audio will also be on this podcast uh, in the future. Sounds good. All right, Elo, we'll be we'll be watching out for that. Enjoy the uh, enjoy the pride this summer, having uh, heading out there as the bandits come by. So uh, so yeah, as we finish up here on the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast summer sessions, uh, once again, uh, be sure to uh, stick around with us because we're staying busy over the summer. We still got plenty of things going on. Make sure you listen to our two parter uh, uh, our two part summer session podcast that we had with Al Miller, former UCF point guard. Excellent conversation that we had with him. It was long. It was detailed. It was it was pretty deep in uh, more ways than one. So um, make sure you check that out. Make sure you follow me at Jeff underscore Sharon. Make sure you follow Eric Lopez at Eric Lopez Elo. And follow us at UCF underscore Banneret on Twitter. Also on Facebook and at blackandgoldbanneret.com. Just look up Black and Gold Banneret on Facebook as well. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and tune in. Be sure to tell your friends and uh, leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. So for Eric Lopez, I'm Jeff Sharon. Thanks for listening. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast Summer Sessions. We'll catch you next week. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.